Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The recession is here and everything in the business world seems a little bit gloomy as marketers were now looking into a near future where budgets will be cut. But marketing data at the very least stipulates that those who spend through a recession usually come out winners. So what should it be? Spend big or accept cuts? Today, me and Joe are discussing. I'm Joe Glover, founder of The Marketing Meetup, a global community that connects and educates over 36,000 marketers in the most lovely way possible. Everything we do, we do it to put the human beings we help first. I'm Richard Wood. I lead the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around 20 years now, and I'm a massive believer that marketers should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating them as leads and numbers on a spreadsheet. Very good. <laughs> Nailed that one, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> for the first time. Nice to see you again, Joe, in person. <laughs> sorry, I'm just uh... We're not the last oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> over the crowd there. My bad. Um, this is like I was just saying to Joe before we started recording this one is one of our earliest episodes in 2020 mm. was around spending cuts and the reaction to um, what we all thought was like the impending recession. We didn't know how deep it was going to be and how long it was going to be. Mm. I mean, nobody knew what was going on. There were no playbooks. Everyone was freaking out, mm. understandably. And one of the things we were talking about was the um, where does marketing end up at that point? Mm-hmm. We are coming into a recession, mm-hmm. most likely. I'm not a finance guy, but yep. all the indicators are there. I think there's uh, a cost of living. Our government are trying very, very hardly, hardly, very, very hard <laughs> to drive us into the ground. Um, but we won't go into the political side. Um, the American um, uh, like economy as mm-hmm. well is you, you look scared where I'm taking this show. <laughs> the American the American economy seems to be um, kind of faltering as well, uh-huh. like oil prices and a lot of stuff going on there. Um, uh, when we're recording this, is also like the um, House um, elections going on, so yeah. we don't know where that's going to be taken. Mm-hmm. So the indicators are there. It looks like we're coming into a recession, and quite often one of the first things to be questioned is marketing budget mm-hmm. and I don't like quite often that's because it seems like it's the one that's the easiest to cut mm-hmm. but also the one that quite often people don't understand yeah and like you said in that intro is that historically those who spend spend wisely yeah. are the ones who seem to come out the other side in a better position yeah it's difficult it's so hard like you're a business owner yeah what are you gonna do well, so so for us, it's an interesting position in that the marketing meter has historically been, you know, margin, uh, pure margin. Then you know we've got good. You know, we've got like one and a half people in the company. We've got a bunch of freelancers, um, but we've always ran events cheaply. You know, but it's never really been about lavish. Cheap bastards. <laughs> yeah, it's never been about like second hand lav- pizza and all that. Really. <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> It's never been about 
you know, lavish spending or showing off, it's always been about the feel. And so right now, you know, things are okay. Although I am very aware that a lot of our revenue uh, comes through sponsorship. And so, you know, for, for my money at least, you know, sponsoring the marketing meetup is, is still a great investment for people who are investing in marketing because it makes sense on a, on a logical level of this is how you do it. But I can see on a, a sort of very human level, um, you know, it, we speak about sponsorship of the marketing meetup and say, you know, probably the thing that is going to be strongest here is your brand awareness. If you're going to use this like PPC, you know, we're not last click, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's a tricky place to be in to a certain extent i'm not too worried because our community is sort of strong you know we're growing in such a way where our exposure is growing everything makes sense and and we're not like at that very very top level where it's like oh god you know we need to cut this or the company's gonna die you move to like a catholic church model of funding where you hand around one of those bowls at the end of every (laughs) service (laughs) well you know we've actually so we just started i mean this is completely off the topic of recession we've actually just started taking donation tickets for the marketing meetup to attend uh, the event in manchester last night everyone paid to be there but it was a donation ticket anywhere from what we recommend a fiver um but people could uh, donate as little as a quid. I mean, as it is, we donate all that money to charity. It's, it's not money that we want. It's more about people turning up. So it's a whole different discussion about like free events and, and attendance rates. But right now, that's not our model. But it's an interesting thing. I'm definitely, so, you know, to answer your question directly in the context of this, like I'm mindful that people will be cutting marketing budgets. I'm also mindful that we sit right at the top of the, the funnel and sponsorship is something which, you know, could feel discretionary. And so we need to be mindful in the way that we're speaking about sponsorship, the way that we're honest in our communications, that we're saying, look, it's probably going to be a great brand awareness thing. There's elements of what we can do that can be lead gen further down the funnel. But, you know, actually that's not what it's there for more than anything. So you go in with both your eyes open and we're having an honest and, and clear conversation about, you know, what you can expect from these things. So I guess to broaden that out as a, as a sort of marketing lesson, so to speak, I think it is about sort of like setting expectations and taking people on that journey of sort of like, here's how you're going to be spending, here's what you can expect in a realistic way. And, you know, do you want to get involved in that? And some folks will go, yep. Yeah. And other folks will go, you know what, we just don't have the budget right now. But, but, but for you as a business owner, so mm. that, like that's money coming in. Mm. What about your money going out? So we don't actually spend an awful lot. So our biggest uh, channel really for growth at the moment is uh, social media, organic social media through uh, my quote unquote personal brand. <laughs> it's a bit douchey. Uh, <clears throat> Not bad. <laughs> that's fair. And, uh, and word of mouth. Um, and so word of mouth primarily also through social media. Um, so, um, you know, we run an event, folks post on social media. That's how we grow the community. And uh, the way that we're able to survive as a business is that through that growth, we're able to sponsor it. And, and so like, um, so in terms of our spend, we've got relatively little. Things I'll be thinking about, however, is like, for me, actually, the question I've got right now is, do I batten down the hatches and not hire someone else? Or do I invest in the team on the assumption that their return on investment, if they come into the company, will be more than what we can sort of outlay through through them. And it's a genuine sort of point of consideration. For me, I think we're going to land in a place that we're going to hire more people because that feels like where we are as a business. But there is that thing in the back of my mind now where it's like, 
should I just have that little nest egg? Shall we just sit on that? Because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And it's hard to know. But I think- a war chest is useful. Yeah. Rocky waters, a war chest is useful. Yeah. But the flip side of that is you have multiple avenues you could go mm. down with revenue models other than just taking donations in a church like that. <laughs> but like, so for example, and this is, it seems like a really grim way to look at it, but recession will often mean that jobs are lost. Mm-hmm quite often a lot of those will be marketers jobs Mm -hmm. and what that will mean in pretty much you had with the the same like the furlough scheme people being made redundant in during the pandemic you had a lot of people moving towards self-education self-improvement i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and your community gives avenues for both of those things it also helps with so like what it's classic community stuff so like helping with like the feeling of a loneliness and all that kind of stuff of course so i think your business is an interesting one because i think you'll be absolutely fine yeah um you're not kind of like pumping money out my business on the other hand i think is more likely to be affected in certain areas of what we do so we have we have different services that we offer. So Mm -hmm. it could be marketing delivery, CRM, strategy. There's loads of different spaces, RevOps, all those kind of things that we Mm do. And it's been quite a conscious decision in which areas we're focusing to grow with. And I think, and also growing into Canada. So Mm -hmm. effectively growing and putting such an emphasis on growing into Canada, I'm hedging my bets. I'm putting myself in, that would be our third economy. So UK, Ireland, and Canada uh-huh. gives us some wiggle room if one economy collapses or yep. if the pound crashes, yep. thanks to this trust. You become very yep. cheap. <laughs> we become very cheap to deliver in another nation, yeah. but we still re- maintain the the ideals of quality that, like, rightly or wrongly, British services still have an air of quality about them when they're yep. perceived overseas. Mm-hmm. So all of those things, we have boots on the ground in all those regions. So it's not like we're just coming in imperialistically saying buy our services now um they are they are hiring on the ground um maybe not the right way to put that um but that is yeah so that like i'm hedging my breaths regionally yeah the other thing i'm doing is we're focused on the areas of growth where we think there will be continued growth now i think that crm strategy RevOps are the smarter plays in our space Mm -hmm. and we saw that over the pandemic and we're already seeing that now is the budgets for those services the budgets come out of multiple pots Mm -hmm. marketing delivery services the budget comes out of marketing teams Uh, interesting so what i want is to be in a space where the budget is being considered across multiple teams Uh i'm less likely to be cut projects are less likely to stop Uh so that's how we're approaching it i have a tongue-in-cheek semi-cavalier approach to recessions and my plan is to just try and outsell it which yeah. i know sounds ridiculous but that <laughs> is like we have a large sales team mm-hmm. in terms of where we sit in the ecosystem we have um, a lot of activity going through so we have our own internal marketer we have a lot of tech stack that is helping us in kind of um, outreach lead gen that kind of stuff mm. and all of that is feeding into this machine of trying to make sure that we've got enough activity and the, mm-hmm. the net is cast far enough or wide, but also we're doing the stuff that is helping customers in a way where we're invaluable. Yeah. And it comes back to the, the podcast we did on the AI side. What we're trying to do is focus on services 
that aren't easily replicable. Yeah. So that is either like skill set based, capacity based, or just outright knowledge based. So it's interesting that you mentioned strategy as part of that. So I, I really like the logic actually of sort of going cross cross budget I'm and cross. Way partners. smarter than I look, Joe. <laughs> I'm not sure. No. <laughs> um, but I, I can understand. So RevOps, I'm, I'm going to assume, is like um, bottom of the funnel sort of activity that directly generates revenue opportunities. Is is, is that right? Revenue RevOps is much more like full funnel. So it's okay. it's the combination of sales and marketing, the alignment of sales and marketing, the the looking at the, the tech people and processes that are driving revenue through your business. Interesting. And primarily, like the sweet spot is aligning the sales and marketing piece. Right. So that's that's that, that's interesting in itself then, because I was, I was going to ask like whether, uh, because these two th- things feel quite high level, they feel away from uh, the marketing operations side of things. And it's curious that folks are investing at that high level rather than sort of like these short-term gains, you know, these short-term tactics. And so is that purely because they're splitting their budget across these things? Or is it, um, my, my gut instinct would have been that people would just like go, let's hammer PPC and let's forget about out of home, for example, because we don't know what out of home is doing, but we know that PPC works. So actually, are you not seeing that the people are investing that sort of top level, that sort of ephemeral sort of thing that sort of fits quite separate, actually, to sort of direct revenue generation? Strategy, everything we do across the business has always been strategy driven, strategically driven for the client. So whenever, even if we're just implementing HubSpot, there has to be a roadmap, a baseline of what are we doing this for? How are we going to achieve it? What's the process? If you don't have that, you fall into the tactical piece. Yeah. The tactical piece, and like, yeah, out of home will probably be one of the first things to be cut. Yeah. Event budgets, conference budgets, out of home are normally the first casualties. Yeah. Depending on the industry. Some people are like, no, this is actually works for us. Yeah. Whatever, that's great. But I think that is all very tactically. If you're just making it based on numbers, mm. even with PPC, you can have a sharp drop in a short term, mm-hmm. but actually long term, it's still going to be part of the mainstay strategy. Mm-hmm. Like there's, um, I forget the example, but there's a, like a, a classic example of during the pandemic, there was an organization like it was um, B2C or um, DTC where they have cut their PPC. Yeah. Their competitors have grown their PPC. Yeah. yeah, they had shit results, but because they'd done that process, they'd had much more brand awareness, much yeah. more presence, and mm-hmm. now have outstripped them and kind of is, is, is that Airbnb? That, that I think something like well, it's Airbnb have done a similar thing at the very least, and I think like ninety percent of their traffic now is direct. You know, which is and they're not paying that tax. They're not paying the Google tax. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, I think there's like that's where I think marketers and I include myself in that is we often fall into the trap of tactics. Like um, yeah. in one of the previous podcasts, we talked about Sarah, our marketer, where I throw a million ideas at her, yeah. and she's very good at kind of taking those on and. Um, um, like engaging with them and executing them what the failing in that is driven by me is that they're very tactical changes there's no overarching strategy and Mm -hmm. that overarching overarching strategy should be there to to go no rich this is outside of the remits of what (laughs) we plan to do this quarter so therefore we should follow down this path I think coming back to your point strategy for us is one of the biggest like it's it's one of our top ticket 
items in terms of like how often it's bought from us like as a revenue line yeah. strategy is one of our main and that is because that is the thing that is needed most yeah. particularly when you've got fluctuations in markets mm-hmm. burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's interesting. I mean, I find that fascinating and actually quite encouraging in a way, you know, because I think if folks are sort of embracing that and saying actually that makes a lot more sense, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. I think sometimes we can characterize our clients and our customers as like oh they just don't get it you know but actually what you're saying there is really encouraging you know these people are trying to find consistency um and consistency albeit through fluctuating times but uh, by having that strategy in place then of course you can flux you can change things but actually finding that that's really encouraging I've, i really like that because it actually goes counter to a lot of things that i hear folks sort of say oh they had no strategy you know and they just spent money and then they didn't get they didn't get marketing which is sort of speaking to a lot of the problems that we often discuss about recessions as well. You know, that, oh, they don't get marketing and therefore they cut the budget. Actually, it's quite interesting to hear you say that because it sounds like they do get marketing to, you know, at least to a certain extent. This might be the microcosm of your clients at the very least, but it's, uh, it's encouraging to hear that. It's, so I am a massive advocate of wherever possible, don't cut the marketing budget yeah. because you, you come through this you then don't have anybody to sell to. Yeah. There are times where that's just not an option. So yeah. I'm a non-exec for a business in a like a separate industry uh-huh. and they are in a position where they had like I think they had about 6 weeks until all the money had gone. Yeah. And they were talking about still wanting to hire a marketer really? and they were and like logically they were like well if we can get through this patch we're going to need this person. So yeah. like I understand the logic from that point of view but my view back to them and and the counter to my argument that I was making to them was that they were like, well, we're going to run out in six weeks anyway. Yeah. If, if we don't hire this person, that'll take us to like Christmas. Uh-huh. And I was like, but that gives you an extra mm. two weeks mm. or four weeks to be able to land that business that keeps it. So you're extending your runway to a certain degree. And I think there are times where actually you just need to bring in some cash and they have to make those tough decisions, but wherever possible, find the money elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, well, bang on. You know, I think it's fair. I mean, it's a curious thing. So actually, I want to pick up on that there when you say try and find the money elsewhere, because it's not always easy, right? Because marketing is seen as discretion. It didn't get that reputation for, for no reason at all. You know, if you cut the finance team, for example, then your reporting goes and you go to jail. You know, if you cut... 
HR, then uh, you get some processes wrong and you go to jail. <laughs> you, <know? But> it's, <laughs> you say like it didn't get that reason for it. The, the reason marketing has that reputation is mm-hmm. because marketers have historically been super shit at showing ROI. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's entirely our fault. Mm-hmm. And now that we can start showing those things, we can show the credibility of what we're actually doing. Mm-hmm. And my, my argument, depending on how you sell and what your positioning is, is sales like if you look at marketing to a certain degree and this is very dependent on your sales process but if you look at marketing as foundational bringing in opportunities Mm -hmm. sales close opportunities gross generalization of, of both sides but if you look at it in that kind of process then if you keep the foundational bit when you come through the other side of it you still have something there whereas if you cut marketing and don't cut sales so Mm -hmm. a the salespeople don't have anything to sell to during that period but also what are they going to do at the back end of it so i look at it almost a foundational piece and then it depends on the organization right right? like i mean if it's a large organization hello twitter yeah (laughs) there's there's a lot to be like cut in certain areas rightly or wrongly there's and then if you look at so like an organization on my level there will be elements that could or couldn't and like obviously it's nothing that anybody ever wants to talk about Mm. but i would say marketing is one of those spaces where it needs to be seen as a foundational to bring you out the other side not just an expense at the beginning Mm -hmm. and but it comes down to marketers just don't typically show roi very well Mm. so that's a great point so how can you know i mean like this is a big question right you know but this is i think you have more of these conversations than uh, that i do you know where you go into a client and say hey look we've done this activity you know it's it's both a uh, a notice of what you have done but it's also a justification for the spend that they they've sort of put in your pockets this is, this is why agencies do reports yeah like agencies deliver monthly reports quarterly uh-huh. reports annual reports uh-huh. To prove their worth. Hey, yeah. Mr. Client, look, I am doing something. This is what it comes back to. Uh-huh. And this is also why I would say most agencies report on a lot of vanity metrics. Mm. We got you these amount of views, these amount of like clicks, whatever. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh-huh. What revenue did that activity bring in? Uh-huh. It's the revenue piece that is the important bit to look at because yeah. it's the only thing that actually matters. Yeah. Like the other stuff is leading indicators. Great. Uh-huh. All right. You've done some activity. Uh-huh. Fine don't actually care yeah. so my reporting from our marketing we look at opportunities mm-hmm. and revenue generated right they're the things i care about because uh-huh. they're the ones that are actually going to tell me something yeah because if we're generating opportunities but it's not coming through the sales then there's something going on there yeah but there's like the revenue bit is where marketers should be like ages ago i put like a linkedin post around like maslow's hierarchy of needs for marketers or whatever it was and mm-hmm. i was like the main one fucking revenue yeah and like I, I got a bunch of like people going no that's not right we should be focusing on this and that and i was like this is a hill i'm gonna die on because yeah. I, I think the main one was like no profit should be and i was like yeah. profit doesn't make sense as a marketer marketers to unless it's like from ppc channels or you're selling widgets or whatever mm-hmm. profit you've got no effect on because there's operational things that go on outside of your control mm-hmm. you should only be targeted on things that are within your control mm-hmm. or within your sphere of influence revenue is because yeah. let's say my marketer sarah generates a lead yeah 
if my sales team spend 12 months and we've had to bring in multiple internal assets to deliver on uh, to in that sales process yeah. the cost of sales gone through the roof uh-huh. but that so the profit margin is coming down 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 uh-huh. she can't affect that yeah. all she can affect is the cost per lead mm-hmm. the the channels that are coming in that's what she can affect but as long as it's generating revenue then it's okay yeah it's, it's an interesting it's really really interesting thing because from a marketing purist perspective, then then marketers should, should have him booked on stuff like the price, stuff like the product, you know, promotion, price, place. yes, and and so I, I wonder to what extent, you know, so like there's two points here. The first is that I think your point about communication reporting is bang on. You know, actually, like that's the thing that we need to be doing here. You know, that feels like the quote unquote solution. You know, if we're saying if we're accepting the hypothesis that. Uh, you shouldn't be cutting your spending because you need something to come out the other end of it, then uh, continuing to spend is a really, really important thing to do. And we need to take people on that journey of convincing them that that is indeed the right theory. Bang on. I'm really with you on that. I think there's there's an interesting point, which I wonder to what extent your agency background is like, you know, feeding your experience here, which is that... um, you probably don't have input over stuff like price in the same way. And so um, by reporting on revenue, then uh, you're reporting on the thing that you can influence. I actually, I have some sympathy for the people who like, it should be profit because in the marketing purist world, it should be profit. I get it, but that's pricing. Yeah. Yes, they can have an influence on what it costs to deliver that. Uh Like so, the, the the cost of creating a widget, or the cost of delivering a service, or yeah. the cost of sale that isn't a marketing spend. Yeah. The marketer has no input over that. No, no, so no. pricing, yes. Okay, so let's say you sell a widget for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. You've generated a lead, yeah. or you've generated a sale. Yeah, it cost you five dollars. Yeah, you have made five dollars profit. But actually, that's only on the top level. What about the cost to deliver that? Okay, so actually, the the widget cost. $2 to create, mm-hmm. it costs $2 to actually get it in the consumer's hands. Yeah. So actually we're very quickly down to a dollar's profit. Yeah. So $4 of that, the marketer had absolutely no control over. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, we've gone into a pandemic, yeah. the delivery process, the, the um, what do you call it, the fulfillment process yeah. was shut down. We've had to make um, kind of uh, reimburse costs mm. of shipping, all that kind of mm. stuff, mm. all outside of your control. Mm. So the only thing you can reliably have control over, in my opinion, yeah. is revenue. Yeah. Because outside of outside of pricing and the cost of marketing, yeah. what can you influence? That's Apart right. from being in a boardroom, and as a CMO, being in a boardroom, you could go, this is wrong because you guys aren't delivering on your part, but you don't no. actually have any control over that no. other than being a voice in the room. I think that's, you know, I think that's such a great point in the sense that from a marketing purist perspective, like, you know, the the textbook marketing stuff, you know, profit is probably the answer. But actually from a realist perspective, you know, in the room, having the conversations like you are, that's the reality, right? You know, that's, that's, that's what's happening, you know, and and we don't control everything in the same way as, as, as we could or indeed should, um, and so, you know, I, I definitely can see how you've come to that conclusion. You know, I, 
I sit outside, you know, I probably am closer to a professional, uh, a professor than I'm a practitioner. To a professional, professor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closer to a, a professor than I'm a practitioner a lot these days because I digest a lot of marketing theory. I, I speak with a lot of practitioners and I do bits and pieces, of course, for the business. But, um, you know, it, it's a really, really interesting perspective to hear f- from you in that way. So the things that, like, folks can take away from, from this episode... I think is is first of all about sort of um, we need to be speaking about ROI seriously. You know, we're going into tough times, so we need to be able to justify it. Um, I think there's a big thing about communication as well. So we need to be communicating that value, probably using ROI. But I think there's also a big thing about like just speaking with people and sort of like the thing that you explained at sort of about halfway through where you're like, we need something at the end of this. We don't need to just survive tomorrow. We need to survive next week as well. You know that's an important story to tell, and if no one else is sort of putting their to put sort of telling that story, then it's it's an important thing. So that feels like another important thing. Um, do you, do you have anything extra though that that folks could or indeed should be doing? I think you summed it up quite nicely. Like I think mm-hmm. that communication piece and consistently communicating the value that marketing is putting in, uh-huh. I think, is key for marketers going into a recession. Uh-huh. Um, I think being reactive isn't going to work like you have to be proactively making the case for why marketing is a good thing but equally like we talked about strategy being super important it also has to be strategy at speed at Mm -hmm. times so tactical changes Mm -hmm. are fine as long as they're guided by an overall strategy Mm -hmm. but if the arsehole really falls out of the economy and things change quickly. No one saw the pound crashing that quickly. Like nobody saw it happening at that point. Strategy sometimes has to be changed very quickly and it can almost feel tactical. So I think marketers need to be aware that those kind of things have to happen. You have to shoot from the hip, Mm -hmm. but you also need to make sure that you're bringing on the rest of the C-suite, the rest of the decision makers along that journey as well. Mm -hmm. So like the, the sales team, the ops team, the, the, the decision makers over marketing over and above like that CMO marketing uh, director role. I love that. Uh, You know, we, we called this podcast humans come first, right? You know, it's interesting. I I always reflect on this, that we can sit there and we can sort of speak about, you know, theory, et cetera, et cetera. But so often it just comes down to that bunch of humans collaborating on this thing and actually sort of like doing it together and having those conversations in an adult and, and reasonable way. I'm going to use a, a cliche here, but singing from the same hymn sheet, you know, and, and, and that's pretty remarkable, you know, that even in, we've done the AI episode, you know, but in 2022, 23, it doesn't matter, 2070, it's still going to sit at the core of everything we do. So important. So, Well, I think, like, I think you probably agree on this, and I am going to put words in your mouth, but <laughs> the, like, one of the most important aspects of marketing is empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to do that if you work in isolation mm-hmm. and you're not having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. You're not giving people FaceTime, like either digitally, remotely, or just kind of being present with them. Mm-hmm. I think those are the things that need to happen, mm-hmm. particularly as we go into turbulent times, because it's very easy to become keyword keyboard warrior-y. Yeah. Um, warrior-y. Warrior-y. <laughs> in when things are getting difficult and you're not actually seeing and the whole remote working piece blows that up like it's very difficult sometimes 
So visibility. So yeah. it's visibility in your communication as well. You know, and, and yeah, I like it. Always a pleasure, Joe. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>